0: hello friends it's so good to be with you here today as we'll be studying romans chapters 12 to 14 and if you wouldn't mind turning in your bibles to those chapters right now so you're ready to follow along and see what we have to learn together let's start with a word of prayer this morning dear lord we just praise your holy name and we worship you in your goodness and your mercy thank you for your word would you please Say what you have to say to each one of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so as we study these chapters, we are going to see that a transformed life is marked by love, love for God and love for others, and that a mind renewed by the Spirit will transform our hearts and our lives to love God and love others. So where do we start today? Well, we are going to begin in Romans chapter 12, one, uh, and we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. And that's going to kind of be the, the covering of what we're going to study this week. And in, f- in just light of full disclosure, I just have to let you know that this week, this lesson has been so good and challenging for me personally, this Lenten season, our Pastor Jeff here at Chapel Street has been doing some Lenten devotionals. And there was one quote um, by N.T. Wright, and this is uh, just the, the part that has been running over and over in my mind, and he, he talks about how that the Lord wants his children to know the joy of being cleaned out of their sin so that they may be ready to receive all the blessings that God has for us. And that has just been my prayer since the the middle of February. And let me tell you ladies, when we pray for the Lord to clean us out, oh man, it is quite the journey. He is tilling up soil and digging out rocks and pulling weeds. And it can be painful. But knowing that, Lord, clean me out so that you can fill me with all of your goodness, all of the good things. And this reminded me of these verses and this chapters. Because isn't it just like the Lord, how he brings us right to his word, right to that place, right where we are, um, and this is what he has done. So I'm going to be sharing with you today things that he has been teaching me. So on this journey, we're going to start in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let's read it together. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. Acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. What I'd like to focus on here and just pull out of is by the mercies of God. Our renewing of our mind that leads to our transformation is, ladies, and us offering ourselves as a living sacrifice, which we're going to get to in just a minute, but it starts with knowing the mercies of God, by the mercies of God, or maybe understanding the mercies of God, or in view of the mercies of God, because in light of that, in view of that, we are going to do what? We are going to present our bodies. We are, not, we are going to be transformed. We are going to prove or discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable. And so as we move, ladies, this is crucial that we are grounded in the mercies of God for the renewing of our mind. In all of our weeks together, we have studied a lot of the mercies of God, even if we didn't mark them as such. And I'm just going to go over a few just in the 11 chapters that we have studied. Realize this with me, ladies. This is far from an exhaustive list. But my hope is that this will be overwhelming, but in a good way overwhelming down to your souls in a knock-your-socks-off sort of way as to just how great and merciful our God is. Let's jump in here. We're just going to run through these. I just want you to have an idea of by what we are looking, understanding in view of these mercies. Romans 1, 16 and 17, the gospel, that we have salvation in Jesus Christ, 2, 4 that his kindness leads us to repentance, his great mercy of kindness three twenty two to twenty four we are justified, we are justified by his grace, his grace that he offers us four twenty four and twenty five again our justification through Jesus Christ chapter five one to eleven. We see the peace and the love and the hope of God and all that brings to us for now, our present day, and our future with him. Chapter 6, 1 through 9, all about the newness of life. We have new life. We have been brought to life. And we love that and we live in that in Christ. 7, 24 and 25, ladies, we are free We are free indeed in the Savior, free from the bonds of sin. Eight, now chapter eight has a few verses because, let's face it, it's quite the chapter. Uh, Verses one and two, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Nine through 11, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is in us. It is in us, ladies. Fifteen through 18, we are children of God. Verses 26 through 28, the intercession, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. 31 to 39, there is no separation. Nothing can separate us from God in Christ Jesus. 10. Verses 9 and 13 just reiterates again our salvation that we have in Christ. And chapter 11, 33 to 36 that we did last week, we see God's glory and his sovereignty, which is a great mercy to us that the Lord is in control. Wow, ladies, wow. Why do we start here? Because... Ladies, if you have received Jesus Christ and his penalty and the the payment he made for your sin on the cross, that he lives in you and you have put your faith in him for your past, your present, and your future, you are born again. You have been showered with all of these great mercies. And it is by these mercies that we present our bodies to him as a living and holy sacrifice. Ladies, because of our faith, we are children of God. 1 John 3, 1. I love this verse. See how great a love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God, and such we are. This word I just want to pull out just for you for a minute. This lavished upon us. Some, um, other versions say bestow. But one of the definitions of this lavished upon us that, that I just love is that it's like a downpour. Just a downpour of his love and his mercy upon us, ladies. And as we receive his great mercies, in response, in response to that, To seeing his great mercies, we obey and serve and love and submit. And we present our bodies a living and holy sacrifice. Living because he has made us alive. Ladies, we were dead, dead in our sin, but Jesus Christ brought life to our souls. And holy because we belong to him. He has set us apart. And acceptable because of his sacrifice and his righteousness. We belong to him. This is not something we do for our salvation. No, we're not talking about this here. Paul is speaking to believers and reminding them that in the light of God's mercies, we present our bodies. Do you remember in Romans 6 when we were talking about presenting our members for righteousness as those alive and not dead? This verse here in Romans 8, 11 reminds me of that. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is, dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Ladies, the spirit is in us. He gives life to our mortal bodies for what? That we present them as living sacrifices in service to God. This is our spiritual service of worship. He dwells in us. And this is how a believer, how a child of God lives. We present ourselves as living and holy sacrifices all day, every day, my whole self for my God and my Savior and my King. Amen. We could stop here, but let's go on. There's so much more to learn. It says here that we are not to be conformed to this world but transformed by the renewing of our minds. Ladies, this is how I picture our minds before Christ. This picture of uh, the earth with muddy ruts in it. Ruts that can't lead nowhere, that could stop us up. Deep ruts of sin, confusion, darkness. This is where our thinking took us before our salvation and the gift of the Holy Spirit came to live in us. This is what we are renewing. Our pathways, we want them to go in a different different way. We want to be spiritually renewed so that we don't keep going back to these places of ruts, places that lead nowhere, places that are dead ends in our thinking. We want to be spiritually renewed. This is something, a little, a little thing that we would say in the Doherty home as the kids were growing up. Just because you have a thought in your head does not mean it has to come out of your mouth. We want the spirit to renew our minds. We want the spirit to help us control our thoughts because we do not want to be run by our emotions, but our emotions can often be fueled by our thoughts. Ladies, our feelings are fickle and we want to be able to think clearly in regards to them with truth, filling our minds with the mercies of God, we will be able to master that as a part of our transformation. Do you remember our song that we had this morning, which I loved? I've been praising the Lord and singing it for these past weeks, asking him to the rushing wind, the Holy Spirit, to blow through this temple, blow out the dust within Kind of like the beginning, clean me out that you may pour in all that you have for me. Ladies, did you know that the believers are called a holy uh, temple of the Holy Spirit? In 1 Corinthians 6.19 it says, or do you not know? This is something we need to know. I love that word when it comes up in scripture as we talked about in another lecture. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own. Ladies, that sums up these two verses perfectly. The Spirit is in us from God, and that we are not our own, but we are a temple. So we should be presenting ourselves as living and holy sacrifices to God. This is our spiritual service of worship. Talking about our being renewed by the mercies of God or in light of them, we go back to it again and again for everything. This renewing, I love this definition. I, I love definitions. It just gives me a more round picture of what I'm thinking about and this renewing here. Talks about how to make like new, to restore to freshness or vigor or perfection. Remember the ruts? They are not restored. They are not spiritually regenerated. To regenerate, listen to this, formed or created again, spiritually reborn, restored to a better, higher, more worthy state. Not the dirty mud ruts. I, the, the, I love how they just used all these R's. Revive, rebuild, replace, replenish. This is our renewed mind. That what? That brings us to focus on the mercies of God. That we may be transformed. Here is what I picture of the beautiful pathways of our mind Now. Listen to this as you just look at the picture. Just listen to these words. As I was reading, what might this renewal look like? Just enjoy that photo as you think of these things that I, I love the way Matthew Henry had put this in his commentary. Perhaps it might look like a new disposition, a new inclination, new sympathies, new understanding a softened conscience and here it is a will bowed to God that is transformation by the spirit as we renew our minds it leads us to love God and to love others as Christ does We are to be made in his image, right? It's his love that draws. It's his love that heals and saves. And we are to live him to our church family and to the world. And here Paul is telling us as we look like through verses 9 through 15 through 18 through 21 that this is what love looks like. In the family of God. This is what we are to look like as He is addressing the church. And I there is so much in here, and I just want to pull out a few things, a few things that, that stood out as, um, but a couple points I wanted to make about living together as brothers and sisters in Christ. This verse from Psalms one thirty three one. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to dwell in unity. To dwell in unity with the same mind focused around the same mercies of God, the same goal of serving and loving Christ. And it plays out in like these verses from 9 to to 21 even. But this can be tricky, can it? It can be difficult. It sounds beautiful in these verses. But sometimes we get off track. And it doesn't look anything like this. And we forget. We forget what a blessing it is to have Christian brothers and sisters around us. I was reading in preparation for this um, teaching, Life Together, by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It's a small book, but oh, how mighty in living together in Christian community. And this is just one of the quotes that I wanted to share with you that he has here. Therefore, let him who until now has had the privilege of living a common Christian life with other Christians praise God's grace from the bottom of his heart. Let him thank God on his knees and declare, it is grace, nothing but grace, that we are allowed to live in Christian community with Christian brethren. Wow. Wow. It is grace, nothing but grace, that we are allowed to live in Christian community. This is what God longs for his family, his children. What does Jesus have to say about this? He says in John 13, 34 to 35, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. People will know that you are my disciples, that you belong to me, that you are identified with me, that you love me, that you follow me. If you have love for one another, three times in two sentences. Ladies, This And then how is it? But as he gives the example of even as I have loved you, that could be a whole study and even of itself. But let's take this away that as family, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are called to love each other. And so I was thinking about what do we learn in our families? Like at home, raising my children or the family that I grew up in. In our family, we learned, um, kids learn to obey to forgive, to offer grace, to love sacrificially, to mind their manners, to be kind, etc., etc., right? But they weren't the only ones learning because we were learning too. All of those things. And then we go out into the world with the things we have learned. Hopefully we've learned them well so that we may Bring blessing to others. But the same thing is true of our spiritual family, ladies. What are we learning from each other and together? Because we're gonna take that out into the world. So we need to know, friends, what are we taking into the world? What are we learning about loving each other that we are taking into the world that we may live Christ to others? We first have to learn to to live Christ to each other in God's family. Many things stood out that we studied this week, but I just wanted to point out a few as we are thinking of the Spirit renewing our minds so that we have a transformed life. In chapter 12, 3, and 16, the goal is sound judgment. What does sound judgment look like? He talks about that it is not thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought. We are not to be wise in our own estimation. No haughtiness here. No better-than-you attitude or I-know-what's-best pride. We want our renewed minds to be measured against Christ. Not against each other and not against ourselves, but against Christ. We want to be able to look and approve what is good and acceptable, right? So we can't use those things as measuring sticks. This is going to encompass a lot as Paul speaks in chapter 14, which we'll be studying this next week. But he talks a lot about with the issues of food, with the, the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers, and they, they look at how, what, is a, what they're able to eat um, differently. Neither one wrong. But here are the words that Paul uses that I just wanted to peel out and for us to think about. Because they were over food, Judging each other, condemning each other, hurting, tearing down, destroying each other, causing each other to stumble. Paul uses this strong language. Do you know what condemning somebody means? That's like writing them off, despising them even, and judging, holding yourself in higher and having them be low. Oh, That is not what Christ has in mind of us loving each other, is it? Those were strong language that Paul calls out. And I want us to pay attention because I know that is not how we want to treat each other. In Romans 13, 8 to 14, we see this, that we are called to love our neighbor. In verse 11, it says, do this, knowing, knowing we're supposed to know something, we're, we're knowing that the time is near, that we are to wake up. I have in my margin here, wake up and love. I, and I'm not sure where I heard that, where I read it. And, um, but wake up and love. That's what Paul is encouraging his brothers and sisters in Christ to do as he is calling out here also some of the, the, their, their behavior. He is saying, let us behave properly as in the day, not carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity or sensuality, and not in strife and jealousy. I have to say, I was a little taken aback when I saw those two there. They didn't seem to go with the other ones. And you know what they're called here in 14? They are saying, make no for provision for the lust of the flesh. Make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lust. And there is jealousy and strife, along with all those other sins. And it made me think, why is this here? And I thought about it, and I thought that jealousy and strife are comparing, which puts us above someone or below someone, or strife, stirring the pot, looking for the negative, being critical, or just having... um just wanting to fight. Those things happen in the dark, in the night of our hearts. They are not visible like other lusts, but they can be all-consuming, making us slaves, returning us to those muddy ruts, the way of thinking. Without a renewed mind and submitting our will to the thoughts of the Spirit, We will be returning to those deep ruts, ladies. We'll be caught up in all the ugliness that goes with them. And they can enslave us. They can enslave us. But they will come out. Because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I ask you, what is overflowing from your heart? Ladies, we have been born again. We are alive. We are living because we have been made alive by Christ. We have been made new spiritually. Let's live that way. In Romans 14, 7 to 8, we are told that whether we live or die, we do it for God. Whether we live for God as we are living out, being devoted to each other, um, being diligent in, in love for each other, rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping. Whether we do that with in living, then we live to God. Whether it's dying, dying to ourself, putting those things away, we do it for God, not for others. Because we are the Lord's. We are not Our own. Remember our verse about being a temple. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Want to remind ourselves that, to renew our mind by going back to the mercies of God, of what He has for us. And ladies, we do want to put our old self to death, don't we? That's what that cleaning out is. And it's painful. It can be a wrestling match. And you know what it is? It's turning again. And again and again to God, to his mercies and reminding ourselves and looking for that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And do you know who is perfect? Only one, Jesus. We are looking for Jesus. We are looking to be like him. And as we turn away from those things, remember, those are not for you we turn to Christ. And do you know this? Here is an amazing truth. This is an amazing mercy, an amazing grace, an amazing gift. When we turn, ladies, then yet again, Jesus gives. He gives us more of himself. When we submit and turn and give up our old yuckiness when we feel like we are just losing something we think we desperately need, our security, our pride, our comforts, but then the Spirit opens our eyes and renews our minds so that we see that He is our security. Jesus loves us and sees us. Jesus is on our side. Jesus lets us see more how He views and loves others. And then he lets us see more of himself so that we can become more like him. And that brings peace and hope and joy. And it helps me remember as I renew my mind That all my brothers and sisters, together we all come to the cross and receive mercy there. We all need grace and forgiveness. We all find hope in truth that he was raised from the dead, he lives now, and that we will live together with these brothers and sisters in eternity. How blessed we are to come together as his children and praise him and be renewed and transformed by the same Spirit This is what I want you to picture as I let me read these verses over you, ladies. Colossians 3 1, 12 to 14. Just look at that beautiful picture and and picture these words as our renewed mind. So, as to those who have been chosen of God, holy, beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility. Gentleness and patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so you should also. Beyond all these things, put on love the perfect bond of unity. Ladies, we bear with one another. We bear each other's burdens, but we also bear with one another because we, we have to bear as many people have borne with me as they have had to bear my immaturity, my, my unkind words, my sin. We bear that with each other. How do we put on a heart of compassion and kindness? Because Jesus was weighed down and crushed under the load of my sin and yours. Jesus bore my sin and selfishness and stubborn mind and fickle heart. Jesus took it on so that I wouldn't have to because he knew that I could not. It took Jesus on the cross under the burden and stench and ugliness of my sin and yours to die a death that he did not deserve. He is God. As payment for our sin, he is the just and the justifier that we may be forgiven and brought near and covered in his righteousness and brought to life that we may have life with him, in him, and have it to the full. How could I not seek to love like this, like him, after all he has done, to bear with my brothers and sisters in in their own renewing process? Friends, This is a result of a new, renewed mind, and it begins in the mercies of God that we may love God and love others and that we may walk in a manner worthy of our calling to love God and love others because he has so mercifully loved you and me. May his great mercies renew our minds and lead to a transformed life a living and holy sacrifice in and to Jesus, our Savior and King.